Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by our panel of newbies. Say hello, panel. Hello. Hello, panel. Joining me today, it's Greg. Hello, dear. Siobhan. Hey, everybody. And David. I fly the ship. Uh, what ship are you flying? I don't know, but I fly it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dinghy. How the hell are you flying it? <laughs> We are going to cover just the season two trailer. It just dropped this last week, and uh, I I wasn't actually planning on doing an episode, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, Siobhan pretty much single-handedly told me that if, if <laughs> an episode didn't happen, she was going to explode. So <laughs> I'm a little excited. <laughs> that is the fans demand. Yep. So yeah, I decided uh, it for Siobhan's health. We would we would cover. The season two trailer. You know, I have to clean up little bits of Molten Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but first, I want to uh, talk a little bit about WatCon. I just went to WatCon this last weekend. What? And, what, uh, what con? WatCon. Ah, that con. Yeah. 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 Wheel of Time. Watt. WatCon. Uh, yeah, I went to WatCon this last weekend. Uh, met a bunch of our fans. I got to finally meet uh, Koala Sadai and Tari Sadai in person. Yay. They came all the way over from from uh, the land of Madmen. So nice. Yeah, yeah. When they said they were coming, I said, "Well, I guess I can drive a, a couple days to get there if if you're flying all the way from down there." It's a little hard for them to drive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, I had a great time at the con. Uh, lots of great, wonderful people there. Um, I, of course, conned it like I usually do at cons, which is hanging out front with the, the punks who are smoking, because that's where all the interesting people usually end up anyway. There you go. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> parking lot con for light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Siobhan, uh, tell the story. Which one? <laughs> so many. <laughs> the Kager contingent. The Kager contingent. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, um, just because uh, Rurik and I met through a um, annual goth industrial festival called Convergence. And there was, as you, as you do, when the thing's been going on for 10 years, you have people who want to do it one way and people want to do it their way. And all the... Old timers at one point were accused of just being a bunch of old fogies who want to sit around in somebody's backyard and drink beer. <laughs> and they, What's wrong with that? They called us the kegger contingent. So we printed up bright yellow t-shirts <laughs> and said kegger contingent. <laughs> nice. I can get with that. Nothing wrong with that. There's definitely nothing wrong with that since the first time I met you was in the parking lot of a Days Inn off the freeway in, in Louisiana. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Mm. So so I, I think we have a, a long history of parking lot parking. We have, yes. we have an established yes, we do. tradition yes, yes. at this point. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you inside in person. <laughs> it's, always been, it's always been in a parking lot. That's I think, very true. I think we now, have a proposal for our first uh, watch party uh, convention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just name the parking lot. We'll be there. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, WatCon, it was, it was great. Uh, they had some great uh, special guests. Michael Kramer and Kate Redding were there, which those names mean absolutely nothing to any of you. Uh, but they are the, the wonderful voice talents who voiced all of the audiobooks. Oh, cool. So I have heard their voices in my head for years. The, 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 
Kate's is actually the voice of the feminine conscience in my head now. And and when I first met her, I kept saying, "You intimidate me." Oh. <laughs> 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 and I, I I finally told her that you know that that uh, she was the voice of the feminine conscience in my head and she just stepped right up to me and looked straight up at me and said, well then don't disappoint me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Yeah. Mike and Mike and Kate were, were Michael and Kate. I shouldn't call him Mike. I don't, I'm not on that familiar of terms with him, but uh, yeah, Michael and Kate, they were absolute wonders. Um, uh, Yeah. I loved meeting them and I got to also meet uh, Maria Simmons uh, who was Robert Jordan's personal assistant. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, kind of, kind of did a lot of the stuff behind the scenes, a lot of the extra editing and, and getting things ready for conventions and getting, you know, if if he needed it done, she was usually the one to do it, and and she was also just an absolute delight, lovely woman, and told some absolutely vile stories that I will not repeat here. You can hear them from her directly in real life because uh, yeah, I'm not going to share that on 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 in public, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm looking forward to the next time we meet in a parking lot yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i met a lot of other uh, content creators while i was there they were all really awesome really great i met Allie from uh wheel takes with Allie and gus who she is a new reader working her way through the books with with uh, gus who is a who has read the books in the past and they're working their way through it and she came up to me because she's looking for content that she can consume that doesn't contain book spoilers. And I was like, well, then get on board because hey. we have no books to book spoilers. This is your, this is your place. So we uh, got hopefully Allie is, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we reeled Allie in and she's starting to listen. Nice. Cool. I just, I just got to <laughs> say like, because we have been interacting with the fans a little bit over discord, we've had some guests on the show the fandom for this show is ridiculously nice. Like, oh, yeah. waiting for the yeah. other shoe to drop. Everybody is so <laughs> sweet. Speaking of the fans, I I met a lot of our fans at the con. They had nothing but wonderful things to say about all of you. They love you all to death. They kept asking no. why you weren't there. I said because you know spoilers, but it turns out that they actually do spoiler levels on the various panels and thing at the con, and you can put. Uh, uh, tags on your your laminate that say what spoiler level you can you you are currently at, and people will do their best to not spoil you on anything. So, ooh, so does that include television content? Because I know the television doesn't uh, show doesn't line up with the books. Yes, perfect. Yes, there there are, there are people that went who are TV show only and have no book knowledge whatsoever. So All so right. I yeah, all could fit in. If the, I'm thinking. Uh, uh, Watch party take over WatCon. Road trip. Road trip. We got a new parking lot to, to hang out in. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's enough about WatCon. Which con? WatCon. Oh yeah, that one. Not WhyCon. WatCon. <laughs> <laughs> no, WhoCon's a whole different thing. That's got Daleks and stuff. Um, <laughs> Wrong franchise. Now, moving on to the season two trailer that just dropped this last week. New um, content. I could feel Siobhan vibrating from, from two states over. So <laughs> <laughs> apparently this was a really, really interesting trailer for, for uh, non-book readers. 
Well, we had all these conversations where we were saying, like, what do you want to see in the new episode? What do you want to learn more about? What do you want to explore? And it looks like I am going to get everything I asked for. <laughs> yeah? What, what it, was everything you asked for just off the top of your head? Oh, God, I wanted to see more Loghain. Mm -hmm. I screamed when he came on the screen. He's standing next to Rand. He's not in prison. He's going to be a major character. I am over the freaking moon um more more locations um you know like i mean i could just talk for the next half hour about the trailer on by myself, you know? i don't need the rest of the panel <laughs> white tower politics and that's all we saw was white oh, tower everywhere. Yeah. yeah it just it just looks amazing i'm so looking forward to september so we'll uh just dive right into it here um, we start with a voiceover from Moraine saying, everyone has a choice and every choice has a consequence. We didn't defeat the dark one. We set him free. So that validates DW's theory. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're checking that off the spreadsheet, right? <laughs> <laughs> you figure it's a 14 book series after the first season of the show. It's like, yeah, they're not going to, you know. We're not over yet, that's for sure. So then that for the first scene we see is Moraine in a blue dress that looks kind of like a, uh, a wrap-over kimono style, and she's in a rough-looking village. So we saw in some of the previous um, footage that there were explosions taking place in what looked like it might have been a fishing village or something. I'm wondering if this is the same location. Mm, pre or post, because... It that could be soot, that could be just dirt. I don't know. Uh, then our next shot is just a nice down shot on the White Tower. Um, Which looks awesome. The detail is that fantastic. That does look amazing. I was pausing the scene so many times just to stand up next to my giant screen TV and just look at all of these streets and trace the streets and try to map it out in my head. <laughs> my head. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not a nerd or anything. Uh, and then we see Moraine uh, in a in a tub, a, a large bathtub type. Uh, she's kind of in a fetal position, crying, holding her knees to her chest. I'm wondering if that scene is uh, from when she first gets back to the tower and she doesn't have her power anymore. We never see in, in the trailer what we don't see Moraine using her powers. We don't know if she gets it back in season two. Right. Um, I might to point out that uh, Moraine is exiled from the tower. So it's not the tower, it's just, just in some other some other bathtub without land. Oh, okay. I assumed that they would unexile her, but, you know, who knows. I got that impression, too, that this is her reaction immediately to her version of stilling. Our next scene, we see Rand in a black coat uh, with something embroidered on the back of it just standing in a desert. Barefoot, no less. Is he barefoot? Looks like it. So I think he went off to the Aiel Wasteland to try and figure out who his biological family is. And there's... Wasteland is actually a pretty good descriptor for where he is currently standing. Can anybody make out what it is on the back of his jacket that's embroidered there? I see like a, a rising sun over water, it looks like. Okay. I can't tell what else. Yeah. 
I, I will say you were absolutely correct on the rising sun part. Interesting design, but it's hard to see because he's facing the light, and so there's a little bit of lens yeah. flare coming across his yeah. back over his shoulder. Damn it, J.J. Abrams. Yep. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then on to our next scene. We have Moraine uh, with a knife, uh, and a mirror draw shrieks. And then we see a quick scene of uh, Ishamael discorporating in some way. Turning into what looks like a pack of roaches or something. It's, it's a little gross. It turns, it turns into bugs. So I like the fact that Moraine has been deprived of her power, but she still can't stay out of th things. Like, <laughs> she's going to be involved no matter what. She's like, I still got a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll also be interesting to see Ishamael's powers, like what he can actually do physically in the world. Well, apparently he can turn into a swarm of bugs. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, obviously he can disappear and, and reappear, but that could be also and someone's dream sequence and not necessarily physically. Good point. Could be. I'm glad that you brought that up because I want everyone to keep that in mind. Shamel talks to you in your dreams. Anything you see in this is could could be in a dream or something similar. He may not be in like physical form. So our next scene we see a Gwen wearing white uh, and she's surrounded by a weave that she's making. So she's come up in the world. She's gotten a lot stronger. Training montage. Yes. Chariots <laughs> <laughs> of Fire is playing in the background. <laughs> You're a winner. Yeah. Gonna have a montage. Doing lots of shit in a little bit of time. Montage. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Leandrin looking stern. As usual. As she does so well. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure we... We'll ever get to see Leandra not looking stern, so I guess that's pretty standard. Yeah. Then uh, we see a large round table with 12 cloaked figures sitting at it. And this is something we saw in the last teaser. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or something uh, we, similar. We, we yeah. Saw, yeah, we saw some images from here, but nothing this clear. There right. is definitely someone with blue sleeves in the background, and... I'm mm -hmm. convinced there's at least one Aes Sedai at this table. And there's somebody else that's wearing like this sort of reddish headdress sort of thing and looks like bare arms and shoulders. Uh, hmm, I don't know. Uh, any thoughts about who, who this might be? Who, who is this table of cloaked people? Baddies. <laughs> we have a table of baddies. <laughs> You don't have that yep. uh, ambiance with a, a normal meeting of folks. No, this is definitely a Republican administration cabinet meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, harkens back to the Simpsons episodes where the, the Republicans are planning the, <laughs> the stone cutters <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Plots are afoot in this scene. I mean, we know that, you know, dark friends have been trying to br free the... the Forsaken. The forsaken. I was like, I, I kept thinking, forgiven? No. <laughs> That's not right. That's the opposite of what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. So we know that cultists have been trying to, to free these guys for a while. So there's, there's, there's plotting happening here. There's somebody there with French cuffs, too, like uh, Shamael had yeah. in that one scene. That could be him oh. sitting closest oh, to the camera. Oh, okay. I didn't notice the cuffs in that scene. I just noticed, I, I noticed the cuffs with the, with the cufflinks. Okay, good catch. David has an eye for fashion. 
<laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm checking out the woodwork on that table. That is gorgeous. It's it's yeah. very pretty. I'm just wondering why they need that many fireplaces. <laughs> no doubt. It's obviously it cold. cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then in our next scene, we have Nynaeve and Egwene. Uh, they're both in white, uh, white dresses and gray aprons, and Nynaeve is saying, no one should have that much power. Which is Who's kind of rich coming from Nynaeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who do we think she's talking about? Gotta be talking about the Amaranth seat. So our next scene, uh, we see Ishamael, and he's surrounded by power that's doing something, and it just looks really nifty as far as I can tell. And that is a sleek suit too. Yeah. Yeah. That is a nice suit. Armani. Hey. <laughs> so my question is, assuming that Shamael is channeling the male power, is he affected by the insanity that comes with using, using the male power? Is he presumed to be immune to it? because he's working for the Dark One, or is he already so crazy that it's, you know, a Coles to Newcastle situation? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it, it seems to be, uh, just remembering from last season, when, uh, when Loghain used it, it was sort of black and wispy. But this looks sort of green and solid. So, um, you know, very linear. Not wispy at all, so uh, who knows? It almost looks like here. glass. Yeah. Is he like, you know, captured by the same rings that held Zod and uh, and the others? <laughs> and... <laughs> Kneel before Ishamael. Well, the color's <laughs> interesting, too. Like, you see later when, I'm assuming it's the Shanchen are uh, using the one power. Both instances, it's yellow as opposed to the white that we've seen previously. And that's all we've seen is, is white and or the black of the taint that comes with it. So I'm wondering if uh, direct magic done for the dark one is going to be yellow. Is it the one power? Is there another one? I'm, I'm not saying a damn word about anything. Any of you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just not even touching that minefield. No way. <laughs> Uh, but very, very interesting observations from everybody. Uh, so our next scene, uh, we see a woman covered in blood slowly standing up. Yeah, it's kind of like a cross between the descent and the ring. It's uh, it's an interesting look. Yeah, yeah. I think that's another one of the Forsaken. I think Ishamael is uh, going, his mission now is to go around him and wake up the rest of the Dark One servants. Do you think this is Shamael waking up another Forsaken? Yes. Okay. Any other theories? Somebody just had a really bad day, a bad night, and yeah, those morning hangovers are terrible. You know, I've woken up after a Guar show looking like that. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd appreciate it. I really need to watch their Tiny Desk concert. I heard about that. Oh, Gore did a tiny desk concert. It's out there. It's hilarious. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see it now. The concept is hilarious. I haven't seen it myself, so yeah. yeah. Uh any other thoughts on that one? 
looks creepy and spooky, and I'm in. Right. Must have been a bitch in the makeup chair. <laughs> Not really. You can just, just basically just, sit there and just pour buckets yeah. poured on you. <laughs> Don't move for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need another spent, bucket. I spent five hours in the makeup chair. I was done in 30 seconds. Uh, so our next scene, we have Sean Chan Chandler's, uh, looks like they're destroying stuff and I'm going to say it looks to me like they are in that very last part of that scene using air to push people in front of them and push them down. Uh, if only Samari was here. <laughs> they just Airbenders! Like, Airbenders! <laughs> they like using waves for their magic. Water waves, air waves. Yeah. Just blast everybody with a big wave of something. So these these women are the ones that are wearing like the muzzles. Um, they look like pacifiers. They this, do, don't they? The, the um, we which I think you said last time that they are slaves. Uh, somebody somebody figured that out. I, I gave I gave that one to you because you guessed it, and I decided yeah that that would be interesting to just let you in on that one. So, the way this scene is shot, like you have this row of women who are themselves enslaved. You have a bunch of people standing in a straight line in front of them. It almost looks like this is a disciplinary thing, like. You know, we're ordering around. You're not obeying fast enough. Slaves, give them a give them a smack across the back of the head. It's kind of the feeling I get from looking at the scene. It almost looks like you know a, a very quick, sharp punishment mm -hmm. for something. Yeah, it could be like a a line of defiance, um, like we saw with the um, Tuatha on. You're not going to come into our village. And then they just kind of blow them all away, too, is the sense I get. So our next scene, we see a big spinny wheel opening a big door to what looks like some a room with some stone archways. I have a theory. Um, when you get inducted into the Aes Sedai, I think this is where they have the ceremonies. It looks very imposing and important. And I can see that um, there's, uh, what's her name? The red Aes Sedai is there. Leandrin. Leandrin, yes, thank you. And there's a gray and a brown, or is that a brown? I can't tell. Possibly blue, I think someone's possibly getting, black. What's the, the getting her shawl, taking the shawl? I think that's uh, Nynaeve getting some form of initiation or elevation or something. Seems reasonable. Yeah, so I can't tell. There's, I see Leandrin with the red, there's a gray and a looks blue could be black could be brown i don't know um green. i I'm, I'm just going to stop you could not be black <laughs> <laughs> there is no black asha there is no black asha. so i don't know if that's representatives from all if they're scattered throughout the room or they just digitally removed some for the preview uh you know, is there is there a representative from each Aja there, or are these the ones that uh, that she's you know a potential recruit for? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I always think it's like a a magical device that, that these are 
big Tarangrials. So I think we saw later in the trailer her stumbling through one of those gateways. Almost well, like it, almost like it's uh, taking her somewhere or she's seeing something through it. Okay, and then our next scene, we see some horses running on a ridge line, uh, and one of the riders is Perrin. And yep. the 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 uh, statement over the top with from Moraine is now in our separate corners of the world. So where do we think Perrin is going here? Looks like the Aiel wasteland to me. There's a whole lot of nothing. Although there are some trees. And you throw some sand on the ground and everybody thinks it's the waste. <laughs> it could be Idaho for all we know, you know. <laughs> yeah, my my guess is that he's riding with uh Uno's crew or what's left of them, and they're uh chasing after the horn of Valir. Good theory. I like that theory. Then we see Rand standing in some in a pine forest. Uh there's a woman in blue with black hair snuggling up to him. Rand made a friend. What do we think uh Egwene is gonna think about that? Oh, she's taking that bitch out. What do we think Nynaeve's going to think about that? She's going to help Egwene. Well, Egwene's with the tower now. Rand knows he can't go back to her because he can channel. So he's moved on. He has to. He is a rambling man, a loner, a rebel. My question is, is this a member of the Blue Aja? She's she's wearing blue, but it, it looks like it's a shawl or something. It doesn't or a blanket thrown over her shoulder. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's I, I get the feeling that maybe blue is just a theme this season because we also see Rand and Loghain wearing blue together later on. Possibly. So perhaps they get they're going someplace where uh, indigo is a, a common yeah. guy. Well, he seems to be wearing his uh his bow and quiver here um where he wasn't in that earlier scene with the uh with the really cool jacket so oh yeah i don't know so any any theories as to the identity of this woman other than rand's new fling he made himself a dark friend <laughs> <laughs> made her out of clay <laughs> dark friend dark friend dark friend i made you out of clay <laughs> uh, then we see Rand walking down a white hallway looking very fucking sure of himself certainly more sure of himself than he looked all of the first season oh yeah well he knows he's a badass now any theories as to where he might be striding where, where this hallway might be it's white. It looks a little towery. I don't know. Almost looks like a hospital. It's definitely in that city because it's the same outfit he's wearing when he talks to Loghain. True. So, True. Presumab so presumably Loghain's being held in the city. So this is definitely at the White Tower or close to the White Tower. Well, that's assuming that he's still being held when we see him. What's the city the White Tower is in? Refresh my memory. Tarvalon. Tarvalon, thank you. So, yeah. Somewhere in the, the suburbs of Tarvalon. So. Tarvalon's, well, I guess not every building is going to be built as intricately, but the, the, what we've seen of Tarvalon in the first season, it's, it's very intricate, you know, like there's tons of carving and metalwork 
uh, in the windows, and this room is very plain. I'm also noticing a guard at the end of the hallway at the door. Yeah, there's somebody, somebody else in blue at the end of the hallway. I think this is just prior to him visiting Loghain, and he is on his way to visit Loghain in this scene. Our next visual is uh, the island of Tarvalon at night with a lightning strike happening nearby, presumably striking Dragon Mount. Very dramatic. Yeah. I don't think a whole lot to be said about that other than, yeah, it looks pretty badass. They yep. can't control the weather over there? Man. <laughs> Get better channelers. No, that's what Dragon Mount is for. It's just, it's like a giant lightning rod. Oh, oh okay. it won't It won't hit the tower because the, the Dragon Mount's taller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> but you sounded so authoritative when you said it, so... That's the thing, is it. if you're making shit up, you have to sound authoritative. The more authoritative <laughs> you sound, yeah, the more people will believe it. So, our next scene, we see Lan riding hard. Um, no, that, and that's, that's Moraine. That's Moraine riding. Yeah. Oh, that's Moraine riding hard. Yeah, okay. it's not Lan. I'm looking at it. Yeah, that is Moraine. Uh, uh, and then Lan standing with Moraine. And we get the voiceover, protecting Rand is the only thing that matters. So Moraine is obviously, obviously still pushing the narrative that the dragon is going to help them somehow. So they have to find Rand. They have to teach Rand how not to be crazy. They have to use him to try and, and fight Ishamael and the Dark One. And they have to do that with her having no power. And she's very much in a, like, court dress. Here, It's not, not her typical look. Very lacy. Yeah, she's not wearing the road garb anymore. Yeah, it's a very cool collar. Our next scene is Swan looking just absolutely ravishing and saying, you can't control him. So that could be, so I, I find it interesting that they put that right after the conversation with, uh, between Mor Moraine and Lan saying, you know, we have to or is it guard and guide. Well, it is, it is in the trailer. <laughs> so like they want you to believe that this conversation, these two conversations are related, but they aren't necessarily. Yeah. And I, I, I think like, Rourke says that Moraine doesn't ever go back to the the tower. Um, she's been banished. She's out, out there elsewhere. So presumably Sawan is talking to someone else in this situation. Possibly, possibly Egwene. That, that was, oh, that I was my thought first of that. thought. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Gwen's like, I'm going to go to him, and Swan is like, yeah, that's a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, girl. <laughs> that's not going to work out the way you think it will. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's a that's a that's a good one. Uh, what do we think about her outfit? That embroidery is spectacular. It is so detailed. Yeah, like every every inch has something going on. And that I, headdress, I, come on. How this thing did not get nominated for a costuming Emmy at the very least. No right? Emmys. It got shut out. It's like, what the hell are you people watching? They're they're trying to make her look regal, and they 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 almost overshot the mark. Created a shortage of gold thread for the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Barbie did for pink paint. 
I'm sorry, Samaria can't be here to tell us all about uh, what she thinks of Swan's outfit. Swan. Oh yeah, yeah. We'd be on this we'll, shot for about we'll fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Our next scene, we see Rand with what looks like weaves of fire inside of a shack. So you had told us that uh, the weaves can be of different elements. So Rand apparently channels fire weaves. Um, so if we revisit uh, that episode that I, I taught you about the one power and, and the way in which it's used, um, the one power is broken up into five powers, which are the basic four elemental powers and spirit. Everyone who channels has access to all five powers. They can be stronger in one or another than, than the rest of them. Most, most people usually are, but they all have access to all five powers. Okay. So this is what the fire version looks like. Yeah, and remember the earth version from uh, Beltine mm -hmm. with uh, Moraine. She was moving some serious earth in the form of bricks of the buildings surrounding her. So our next scene, we have Perrin looking at a wolf, uh, and his eyes go golden. And you hear the, the, the voiceover, you know you have something inside you. I have a huge soft spot for Perrin. <laughs> it's just you just want to scratch his tummy till his leg starts going you know <laughs> <laughs> so what is our theory with Perrin given how we're seeing um both Egwene and Rand obviously able to channel their power more successfully and um you know they're obviously a lot better at doing it enough time has passed that I wouldn't be surprised if Perrin also has a lot more control over his powers. Oh. The so. leader of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we think he's a, a leader of a wolf pack, not a, not a werewolf. No, not a werewolf. We're, he's we're, he, we're he, off the werewolf thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think he's just, he, he's able to commune with them. He's got that, uh, he's got that alpha energy, you know? Uh, our next scene, we see Rand choking more rain with tendrils of power wrapping his arm. Which He's mad. I, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but uh, doing something like that to Moraine seems like a really, 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 really dumb idea. Well, she doesn't have her powers. She doesn't have powers, but she still has a land. I was going to say where Morena's Lan is. <laughs> and we did say that Rand has a bit of an overconfidence now, or at least uh, is very sure of himself. So that can lead to doing stupid things. He always did tend to act out of impulse. Our next scene, we see uh, Egwene with blood on her face, and she's wearing a green dress and what looks like some kind of a, a gold jewelry piece or, or gorget on the top. She's having a bad day. Any thoughts as to what might be happening in this scene? So there's obviously some kind of conflict. I mean. Well, I mean, if there, if there's no conflict, there's no show. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, also yeah. seen shots of, you know, cities being blown up and, and she's involved in the conflict somehow. She's either fighting or she's healing. Okay. Our next scene, we have Nynaeve in a white dress, uh, with blood on it, and she's looking at her hand with fear. Maybe she exploded somebody. 
(laughs) (laughs) Too much, too much, too much. I I don't know, but this, uh, based on the skylight, is the same room that the stone archway is in. Oh. Yeah. Good catch. Good eye. So uh, it does lend credence to the possibility that there's some sort of ceremony that takes place there. Does she have to sacrifice somebody? You know, she she's got to do like an evisceration or something. Is that know. where the chickens come in? <laughs> <laughs> that is not where the chickens come in, no. Damn. <laughs> we finally get that settled once and for all. No, the chickens. I think we might we might settle the chicken thing in the third season. Oh. Dang it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Poor, poor Shabon. We'll just have to wait. Yes. <laughs> um, then we see uh, Matt with a dagger on the table uh, sitting in front of him. And you hear the, the voice over something that calls for blood, which I think was, was trying to voice over both of the Nynaeve with her dress covered in blood and Matt looking at the dagger. And is that the same dagger? It looks like the same dagger. Yep. I can see that the is same absolutely the same dagger, it. yes. It uh, finds its way back to him. Does it find its way back to him, or is he being tempted by it? Or I is... say te- being tempted, because he looks so uncomfortable. So if he's being tempted, who's doing the tempting? Ooh. Um, Padden Fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, could be, could be. Okay. I, I, so all these jokes about him not looking like himself is that? I I don't know. Did, you're I talking get no about. reaction that's, on that's, that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, no, no, that's, uh, that's Matt. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Darren, you've changed. Was that a new haircut? You switch dicks midstream. <laughs> please explain that joke. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Dick Sergeant, <laughs> then Dick York, both played Darren in Bewitched. They switch dicks in the middle. Thank you for making That's that all. less dirty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see uh, Rand surrounded by fire weaves and uh, with the dark haired lady behind him. Being protective, maybe? Rand is being or, protective of her. Is, yeah. Is that, or or she's, she's teaching him. him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Could be. Still not seeing any black in his weaves yet. Yeah. No, his very his are very bright. Like the 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 orange is very distinctive. Yeah. Uh, we hear the voiceover. I want to know how to control it. Uh, split between this scene and the next, which is. Rand and Loghain in blue robes in a courtyard having brunch, it, it seems. Oh, maybe they are. I thought this the... was a shot from the room that got s- split in there. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Rand. Yeah, because Loghain does have the Tommy Wiseau thing going right now. So there is a, um, so he might still be in the tower. I mean, there is a garden in the tower. We know this because yeah. Leandro. Oh, there, said... there are several gardens throughout Tarvalon. Yeah, there there's no no shortage of gardens. I was so excited when I saw this actor again. <laughs> I was like thrilled. It does it does say that you know he's still got a place in the story. He can teach if he can teach Rand how to control the power. Because 
you know, we brought this up several times when he was running this invading army that was coming to Tarvalon. He had the voices telling him to kill people. And he was like, nope, not going to do it. I don't have to do what the voices tell me. So yeah. if anybody can teach Rand how not to be influenced by the craziness, it would be Loghain. Yeah, he seems to have survived it a little bit. But it'd be interesting to see if he still believes what he believed, whether it's him as the dragon or not. If he believes that the dragon can mend the world, even though it's not him that's the dragon. And he'd be all in for, for teaching Rand. Mm. True, true. And maybe Rand can get him out of jail. Maybe there's a trade-off here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Our next scene, we hear the last battle's coming, and we see a giant fuck-off sedan chair being carried by, by some poor schmucks. Oh, yeah. That is like... Um, that that is just unwieldy. I mean, that's just plain impractical. That is plain impractical. Is what that is. Uh, we see soldiers surrounding this giant sedan chair, and uh, people from the village village are all lying prone in front of it. I'm sorry, sedan tiny house. That's a tiny. <laughs> house. <laughs> but it's but it very obviously makes a point. I mean, you. Uh, oh, it makes a big point. Like fuck these guys carrying it you know yeah. that's the point it's making <laughs> i mean if so, if somebody rolled into town on something like that you would pay attention you'd be like oh well yeah happening. a little bit yeah. you'd build more overpasses <laughs> that it can't get through <laughs> <laughs> 10 feet only uh, here yeah really so then we get a close-up on the top of this sedan chair and uh we see what uh apparently two sean chan i'm going to assume nobles if there's on top of a sedan chair like this and uh our, our good friend ishamael yep um and the they have amazing costumes and uh i'm sure you noticed the the long fingernails on the first two fingers of each hand the quite mm. impractical fingernails yes yeah. the, the beyond impractical fingernails it's gorgeous design. I mean, the, the sedan itself, just the, the detail and the, you know, the woodworking, it's like how much of this is 3d printed and how much is woodwork, you know, it heads, hands off, you know, hats off to the craftsman. Yeah. I said heads off to the craftsman for a second. <laughs> that might be what they're trying to do. Well, well but, uh, you know, the, 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 I would say that that would be appropriate from Sean Chan. Yeah. 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 I think so. <laughs> So yeah, the, I mean it, it. It looks it looks gorgeous, and of course, Shamael is just dapper. I mean that outfit is tight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The tie bar. I mean, come on, that is that's sweet. He always has been. Every time we've seen him. Oh yeah, show. yeah. That's the that is the most well dressed villain in TV history. I think. I'm just. I'm sorry, David Tennant as uh, Purple Man as. Purple man, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just fascinated by, like, there's so much world building just in this, in the design choices for the Sean Chan. I mean, it's incredibly opulent. These people are so wealthy that they just mm -hmm. slap gold and very, you know, elaborate carvings on top of 
everything. They have slaves whose entire job is just to carry this ridiculously huge pedestal around, like the amount of wealth and power displayed just in these two shots. Yep. Like, there's no mistaking it. And Ishmael has found it advantageous to take their side in this particular conflict. Or are they taking his side? Somebody made a deal. Yep. More power for me in the short term, and if the world burns, so the stock be market it. will be happy. <laughs> 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 so our next scene, we see a, a another Sean Chan person um, with unbelievably amazing clothing. Like this costume just blew my mind. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Also with the, the long fingernails that we saw, and uh, he's opening an intricate box. And he says, the whole world will be ours. It's a little Hellraiser there. I looks, was going to say, <laughs> the puzzle box. Lo- looks yeah. like the same box that was holding the Horn of the Lear, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. could be. So this could is them finally, finally opening it up to get the horn out. Uh, the other thing I will note is this is a male yeah, so obviously the Shan Chen have no qualms about gender like the rest of the world does. Uh, because he's yep. obviously important. He's got the same kind of opulent clothing, um, has the same fingernails, which may or may not be a, a sign of um, wealth and royalty or leadership. And the other interesting part is the difference in clothing. That the the female Shan Chen have the mask over their face, uh, whereas the male is clearly open and visible. Hmm. And with the head, it, it looks like he's got carvings on his forehead and head, which is yeah, pretty badass. But um, so so let's go with your assumption there, David, that this is this Shan Chen gentleman opening the box that contains the Horn of Valir. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it comes with the statement that they can't lose once they have it. So they, they feel like this is like the end all be all of the final battle. Like if, once they have this, there's no way they can lose. The yep. whole world will be ours. I, I had, I think that the horn is a little more, um, more on the myth and, uh, stories side of things than the actual <laughs> end all be all that it is being made out to be, but <sighs> yeah. Kind of like Gabriel's horn. But enough about John Hamm and, and Grace Wetfans. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> But, you know, there's always space to talk about John's ham. <laughs> yes. Uh, so our next scene, we see uh, Sean Chan Chandler's, uh, my notes here just say fucking some shit up. And, and they seem to be doing it quite well. This is true. Pacifiers and everything. So Egwene is there. Like, there's the, there's the shot where they... There's, there's a shot with the Sean Chan, and then there's another shot following that with Egwene doing some really cool magic stuff. But there's a red-headed woman. When you see the Sean Chan blow up the uh, 
do the explosion in the forest. There's a redheaded woman running away. And the scene with Egwene, that same redheaded woman is ducking behind her. Oh. Yep. So I think those two scenes are actually connected. Well, and you, you see uh, Egwene talking to her later in the trailer also. So I, I think that this is another novice in the tower and they're, they've become friends or confidants or even lovers. Uh, then our next scene, we see Nynaeve uh, doing a patented Nynaeve super explosion. Do you notice where she's standing while this happens? It looks like she's back in Three Rivers. Yeah. yeah. Two Rivers, even. Two Rivers. <laughs> Two rivers. <laughs> <Good> Lord. <laughs> what, she's going she's gonna to we'll catch a Pittsburgh Steeler game in 1982? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're not going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I swear to God, we will have this down by the time we're back. <laughs> season, season two Unlikely. episodes. It's It's been a couple of months. Uh, then our next scene, we see some, and, and I my, my uh, autocorrect in my note-taking software made the most awesome incorrect autocorrect that I am now going to just continue keeping that way, which is the white cloacas. <laughs> so we see some white cloacas riding hard in the sand <laughs> out to cause trouble no doubt yes. yep um then the next scene we see leandrin at the crucible in in the white tower where they they remelt the rings oh she lost somebody so is she yeah is it a fallen comrade is it uh Marine's ring? Uh, who's, or is she stealing gold? Whose ring is she remelting? Yeah. I mean, that there is Skimming a lot of a little gold off there. the top. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they take a, a weight count on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, koalas and I in the chat. Oh, koalas have a cloaca. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I have learned a thing today. <laughs> yes, we've all learned a thing today. Uh, so our next scene, we see Perrin chasing a small child. I was wondering if that isn't another one of those, this is the life you could have if you joined my side dream sequences. Okay. Because he looks it happy. Yeah, he's happy, which is uh, just not right. It, it have, can't be that way. Yeah, yeah. The, the, his happiness tells me it's, it's either a dream sequence or something that happened in the past. Yeah. Hmm. All three of them have could to be they? brooding all the time. <laughs> our next scene we have Moraine and Swan kissing in the tower and they both uh, seem to have a lot less gray in their hair yeah I think that's a, a past definitely yeah. flashback, flashback sequence scene yeah well, and Swan's in blue and she's not supposed to be so that was a dead giveaway that's true yeah good catch you are you are the wardrobe I expert know. I, I don't episode. understand it <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, hey. So our next scene, we see Nynaeve and Egwene hugging in the tower. And then we hear Eggy talking to uh, the the girl with the red hair that you, you spoke of earlier, saying, if our friends are in trouble, why would I ever stay here? I don't know if it's the same woman. It's the same woman. Is it? Okay. So our next scene is Moraine striding through a doorway, looking very regal and pissed off and of course saying you have no conception of the power they wield someone tells me she may have gotten her power back at this point 
And then we have Lance saying, bitch, slow down. <laughs> if the trailer is to be believed, we're going to get two emotions from Marine. Sad and angry this whole season, and that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, considering the first season was pro- mostly just, like, sangry, like, at least we get them separated. <laughs> is that where they get sangry all? <laughs> Not going there. Especially since I was just looking at, at another white cloaca scene. Um, uh, so our next scene is uh, um, an Aiel woman veiling and kicking some white cloaca ass. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I Hell yeah. fucking love the Aiel I, I Yeah, there, there's fighting. nothing I can say to improve on this scene. It's, it's, it's perfection. Our next scene is Nynaeve in the warder training area, training with some warders, it looks like. Shocker. Who would have thought you go to the tower to learn to be an Aes Sedai and you go and go train with the warders? Well, Nynaeve is just so angry. I can't, like, this has got to be, like, how she goes and blows off steam. Yeah. This is her going to the dance club. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, great, I'm pissed off. Come let me beat you up for an hour. And I think it's her escape from the the BS politics of the tower because you know yeah. she's getting that like day in and day out. And the reds are trying to recruit her and the blues are trying to recruit her and whoever. And it's like, okay, now I'm gonna go with hang out with the warders and play swords and not have to worry about that shit for a while. I can't imagine that yeah. she is someone who suffers no oh one other quick thing uh just noticed when we're talking about the aiel who's that in the background parents hanging out there oh when she's just masking up oh yes i missed him that's Perrin back there before she goes to white cloaca ass kicking time I can't imagine Perrin has any objections to someone kicking some white cloak butt, given what he's been through. Oh, not at all. He's going to be, yep, I'll hold your purse. (laughs) 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 So my next note just says, Lan fucks up a fade. (laughs) Can't wait. That that pretty much sums it up. (laughs) Yeah, sums up the whole thing. Uh, the next scene is uh, Tarvalon at night, another flyover of the city, which, again, I was pausing and just tracing out the, the roadways. And, yeah, if I cannot believe the amount of detail they put into that map, and I want to explore it. Oh, yeah. Our next scene, uh, we hear there are many paths to walk through the night as we see a woman walking towards a carriage in dark, and she's wearing dark clothing. Looks like Leandrin to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's Leandrin. I, I wasn't 100% sure because she didn't look like she was about to peel varnish off of something with her with a look. So, <laughs> well, well, who knows when she visits uh, North Harbor guy, so. Oh, oh. So, so you think this yeah. might be. I, I okay. think this is her going to, to North Harbor. All right. Mm. This is the good time walk. Uh, then we see Rand shirtless in a doorway, looking quite, quite buff. Randy? Yeah, looks like Yosha's been doing uh, a few sit-ups in the off-season. We'll just, we'll just say that. 
then we hear the voiceover. It's not always the powerful who write history. It's the ones who survive. And that is definitely in Leandrin's voice. I think that's an interesting perspective coming from her because we know that she's got a history that we don't know. There's, there's one line she says in season one where, you know, um, women may wield the power, but men are still very much in charge and, and they don't like little girls. Uppity women, yeah, little yeah. girls with too much. So that, that whole thing of uh, the Andrin being a survivor when shit goes sideways, I, I like that. I think that's consistent with the character we've seen so far. And uh, while that, that voiceover is happening, we have a quick sequence. Uh, we have Nynaeve stumbling outward from a stone archway, wearing a simple white dress with bloody handprints. Uh, David, I think you've already addressed this a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, d I definitely think that that archway has some level of magical power, whether it's a massive sarangriel or whatever that they use for some, could be a ceremony or some other purpose, but it looks like okay. there's, it's amplifying her power in some way or allowing power to move through her as she's stumbling through. Yeah. All right. And judging by where those bloodstains are, like on her, her, her stomach area, it's like, that may not be her handprints. Oh, interesting. So, hmm, I don't know where that came from. Uh, so then we see Perrin looking very, very pissed off at a white cloaca. Not following the way of the leaf. No, he's uh, yeah. definitely swinging something. Yeah. He's in wolf mode. He's in wolf mode. You can see the eyes are glowing, glowing gold a little. And then we see uh, Egwene in that green and gold outfit uh, just screaming to the heavens. Uh, then we see the, the the big image of Rand on the wheel in the middle of, of a desert. Pilates. <laughs> he's going to have the worst sunburn. It looks like some sort of ceremonial thing where he's got to survive some ordeal. Um, either to help focus himself or to pass through another level of something. I'm not sure, but uh, he's... Uh, it, it it really has that that look of okay this is something you have to survive so maybe um a parallel to the ceremony that i was theorizing Egwene was about to go through yeah cuz it, it looks like he's you know he's not shackled or anything it's just these leather straps and he's holding on tight cuz he knows that something's coming that he's going to have to withstand. Uh, and in a later sequence, um, you see the Sean Chen lady with the headdress directly across from it. So it's it has to relate. It relates to that somehow, whether it's it is an ordeal or a punishment of some kind, or even just a place to be put while he gets uh, interrogated. And then we see Leandrin being very stern at Egwene as she's saying it's the ones who survive. And then moving on, we have Rand in a hooded cloak uh, with a sword on his back facing down a number of Sean Chan. And uh, that, that gentleman with the amazing outfit and the gigantic nails also apparently has a giant honking sword. I love the hilt on this thing. That's some weird, like, triangle block style hilt. And I love how he has his Mr. Smithers in the background, just 
<laughs> you know, there's some guy just standing there. So, uh, any thoughts as to this scene? There's some big standoff. I don't know. I mean, we, we've we've seen that that set in the uh, in the teasers and the behind the scenes shots that they've they've released already. So it's like some sort of desert outpost for the Shanqin, I assume. Possibly a place they've conquered. Yeah, yeah. Slap their flags all over everything and say, ours now. Yeah, just off the beach. Uh, do we think that Rand is a little overconfident going at this guy with a giant honking sword and surrounded by other guys with swords who most likely also know how to use them? Or is Rand uh, be feeling a little overconfident here? Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Gets his ass put on a wheel. <laughs> uh, so then we hear Rand saying, I'm tired of being a spoke in the wheel. And we get a pull out of Rand. A, a big pull You're out actually shot. the hub, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we see a Mirdral getting cut down with a flaming sword. Now, when it's doing that zoom out with, with him on the wheel, uh -huh. there's somebody in this elaborate thing, with this elaborate headdress, looks sort of Maleficent-like. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. Well, I think that's the, the Sean Chen the, the, with their headdresses that cover their face and have that kind of cage over the top of it. So we see a mirror, a mirror draw getting cut down with a flaming sword. Looks like somebody with what? Oh, could that be Tom? Oh, that would be I see, so like white cool. hair or something. Whoever it is has long white hair, hair and a beard. I'm going to I'm going to burst your bubble and let you know that Tom is not going to appear in this season at all. Ah. Oh. Well, then like it that. could be uh, it could be Rand. QDW oh. crying from across the yes. the country and over the airwaves. <laughs> no. I, I, I can guarantee Tom will be back in season three, but unfortunately there's, there's no uh, role for Tom in season two. Uh, just going to have to wait yeah. for another six years or whatever. <laughs> 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 At this rate. Yeah. Uh, so we see Matt using a spear on somebody very up close and personal or something or something. And then we see an explosion on a wall that's leading into a, a tower guard post type place. Um, I, I think those are Sean Chan around that explosion. I'm not sure. It looks like there's a, some bodies kind of like flying out. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the same brickwork as that courtyard. So that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we get to the last scene, which is Rand and Swan together in a room. And she says, you are not a spoke. You are the water that turns the wheel itself. Deep. So, I mean, it's Rand deep. obviously makes it back to the tower. Yeah. Do we think that's the tower? Or, or oh, is taken point. back to the tower? It, yeah, it, it looks like it looks like the throne room. I mean, looking at the, uh, the detail behind Swan. There's her throne is there. The actual Amberlin seat itself is there, but that is very much not the hall of the tower. That is so way too square. That is way too blocky. That is way too white as opposed to ivory. I'm going to say huh. that that is not the tower. 
So it's like a Camp David kind of situation. Chairs aren't there. That's true. Yeah, it is an empty room. I'm also going to say that uh, the other scenes that that uh, y'all referred to as happening in the tower with uh, Rand walking down the white hallway and Rand meeting Loghain, I'm thinking those are also not in the tower. I'm thinking those are also in the same place where Rand is meeting Swan here. So... <clears throat> Maybe the tower, maybe uh, Tarvalon actually gets taken over. Maybe uh, the Emerald Seat has to run mm -hmm. to a new location. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the Emerald just, you know, makes state visits and brings her chair with her. She does travel. That's true. So it's, there was. That, that is a lot less unwieldy than, uh, than that other sedan chair we saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this concrete th throne, that thing looks... <laughs> the granite throne. Good luck, carriers. Yeah, I don't imagine that's a job where you want to stay in it for very long. No. No. Just no. keep getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, they did have this whole conversation about how the Amaralyn is returning to the tower. And... Uh, Boy, you're in trouble when she gets there. Um, so she probably does go from, like, if there are um, kingdoms that are loyal to her, she probably goes on state visits. Like the Pope, you know, you show up, you bless some people, and then you go home. And then they send you tithing for the next decade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's so cool to actually re revisit this. It's been so damn long. Yeah. It, 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 it's felt like a forever. Although you y'all never had to wait for books. So it, it's, well, it hasn't even been close years, to a forever. Two years yet. between, a, between uh, a book and then two years between seasons. Oh, some of those books there were four years. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's it. Anybody have anything else to add or should I wrap it up? Who's going to watch season one again before this comes out? I'm going to have to. I can't remember half the names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, I think we can call this an episode. We want to say thank you as always to Michael and Jen out of the Secret Watch Party Island headquarters. Thank you, Michael and Jen. Uh, thanks, Michael and Jen. Thank you, thank Michael, you and Michael and Jen. And if you want to hit us up on social media, you can find us at what Watch Party. That's on all of the major social media place things and stuff. I don't know. I don't do the social media end of things. That That's all Saima. Uh, but yeah, at what was watch party on all the social medias, what watch party at gmail.com. If you want to send us something to read in the mailbag and final question for our panel, which scene that you saw in this trailer, are you most excited to see play out just to find out what the hell is going on? Oh, Perrin and the Iel Wampin ass. I want to see that. No fair. Hey, I was just first, that's all. I do have to admit this. Okay, so apart from the fact that I'm really looking forward to seeing Aiel kicking ass, 
the scene with the Sean Chen on the pedestal is fascinating. It's absolutely yeah, fascinating. Yeah. There is some serious shit going down in that scene and I want to, and, and some amazing world building and I want to see more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like how you drilled in on that and just like the level of opulence and sheer excess that it rep represents. Cause yeah, that was the first thing I thought when yeah. I saw it too, like, wow, that's making mm -hmm. a statement that that's this little fishing village and this giant beast of a pedestal shows up with one of the big bads and some really elaborate costumes. That, that's like walking into the party in plaid pants and a polka dots t-shirt. Like they are making a statement. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh episode has piqued my curiosity about this room with the archway in it i, I gotta know what's going on there now there's something going on uh be steadfast you'll 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 find the way <laughs>